0: I'm Aaron Goldschmidt. I'm Francesco Sedita. And And we're Queens of the
1: Roundtable. Welcome back, Queenies. Oh, no. You couldn't wait to do that. Mm -mm. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Hey, everybody. Hey, bros. Oh, we're still working on that. I know, apparently. I think we'll be working on that forever. We are an unfinished work. Oh, such a good one. Mm. Speaking of unfinished works, Mm. or finished works... We're both here. We are here. We are back at the round table mm. drinking a little champagne, yes. Well, or whatever it is. What's well, Spark- a lovely sparkler, <laughs> it's a lovely sparkler, wherever it's from. It's a California lovely sparkler. Something. Why are we drinking this? Why don't you share with our fan?
0: Yeah, today was a big day at Penguin. We um closed uh, well, we're close to closing a deal with Eric Carl. Um, so we're taking over all of the Eric Carl works.
1: Now, I thought, correct me if I'm wrong, I thought that you. And you're either in, in We are in the publisher shop, of Eric Carle. Of, but I didn't think everything... We're not. And we still won't
0: be. So some of the books that are with other publishers will stay there. But we will oversee the entire world of Eric Carl. So that's all the licensing, all of the books. What about his museum? The museum is not <laughs> ours. The museum stays... Can you get I me tickets? We didn't get the museum in this. Can I get a ticket? Uh,
1: we can get you tickets probably. Can you get me a VIP tour? We probably could do that. I mean, you know, we've talked about this for years, but... we. When I first started teaching, like one of the moms got me like the very hungry caterpillar, mm-hmm. like hardcover. And she was like, This is Carly's favorite book. And yeah. I was like, Who's this? Because I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. And in my 20 years of being an early childhood educator, it's like Eric Carl is everywhere. Yeah. And I still use things that you gave me years ago when you were doing like products, like the chalkboard yeah. for the cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had like these sort of interactive Eric Carl. Products. I don't know if they exist anymore. They don't really, but... Um, but I loved them. And those were like 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah I still have yeah. some. Yeah. I have some like lacing, Eric Carl lacing. Yeah, boards. Yeah, so we're really going
0: to, you know, we're really taking on um, working with a key member of his studio still. And it's going to be... I, I think it's going to change the way we think about all of it, about publishing, about how we publish the books and the books that we think about publishing. Because basically every work that he's created is... I mean, it already was, but is is there for us to figure out and to mine, as they might say, and create new books with. So um, it's well, an incredible deal. I mean, I had very little to do with it, honestly, but let's, I am now- but, you
1: know what, let's cheers you anyway. Let's I, yeah, cheers everybody at Penguin. I'm now a drinking some bubbles. Let's go. Well, because so am I. So thank you, everybody. Yeah,
0: mm. yeah it's great. It's, it was a very big day. It's
1: very exciting. Mm. Well, congratulations. And any opportunity that allows you to bring some bubbles over to my place I completely support mm-hmm. So thank mm-hmm. you. So um, yeah, that's the news of the day, at least for me. Well, congratulations on that. Yeah. I, I don't have such great, exciting news for the, from the day like that. But I had a great day mm. here in New York City. Mm. We're deep into fall. We're deep into fall, even though it was like warm today and weird. I, I'm not mad that the weather hasn't totally turned yet. And my birthday is next week and always around my birthday is when there's like a big shift. What did happen this week that is really hard is daylight saving. I and know. Sunday was rough. Cause rough. I was out East and it gets so much darker there because there's no lights. Mm-hmm. And like four 45 on Sunday, it was like pitch black. And I, I got home about then put on my pajamas, lit a fire, went to bed. I like went to bed at like five 30. Yeah. <laughs> Asleep by six. Um, I know know. that's the problem.
0: That's the problem. It's when like, you kind of want to eat brownies and like watch TV.
1: And it's tough because like daylight saving also like kicks off like Right, it's at my birthday and Thanksgiving and the holidays. But so once we
0: really get into it and it starts to get twinkly, I'm okay with the darkness. I'm okay with it. Because there's nice lights around the city. There but are. It, But once January 1 hits, we are just in for terror.
1: I will tell you, a few years ago when they shortened the period, because it used to be October to right. April, and now it's November to March. Yes. That, yes, that made right. a huge difference yes. in my life. because I forgot about I can that. I could already actually. see the end. Right. Well, not yet. Not yet. But once we get, I mean, the holidays, I'm good with it. Once I get Lifetime is it. already doing the countdown to Christmas. I know. Listen, there are so many things we could talk about, but we have something very exciting to introduce to our fans. I know. And to I our listeners. Maybe
0: we're going to insert a sound effect here. Maybe we will. Like a drum roll. A or drum a,
1: roll. Yeah. Or a sad trombone.
0: No, not yet. No, not We'll yet. see how it goes.
1: That um, we are hoping to create the Queen's Queries. <laughs> which are going to be, we think like an even number of questions, like the amount of people that could sit at a round table. So we've landed on eight, Mm -hmm. like eight. Yeah. It's like Q squared. Right. And they're, Questions that we are going to ask each other, ask our guests. They might, some might change, some might always remain the same, but they will always be eight questions. Yes, that the we, golden number. I don't yeah, think it's a golden no, number. Well, no, it's our golden number. Yeah. Um. Well, eight's also the infinity sign. It is. So it's oh, nice. that's true. It's nice. This means
0: this podcast will never end, ladies oh, and germs. Oh,
1: Lord help us. So anyway, today... For, for our introduction of the Queen's Queries, we each came up with eight questions mm-hmm. for each other. Mm. We're trying these questions out. Some might stick around. For, Some might not. For guests. Others might just be for us tonight.
0: We actually already have a parking lot of questions. We do. We have sort of a underground garage. <laughs> Things that might never, you know. See the light of day. Jalopies but, that might not ever get refurbished.
1: Or they might. So... We're going to begin. We're just going to ask each other back and forth the eight questions. We really haven't prepared much for this, so it's going to be a little off the cuff. And it's eight eats, to be clear. And and that's how we want it to be. We want them to be questions that we don't tell each other or tell our guests about, but we just sort of know that they're going to come. And maybe if you listen to the podcast regularly, you'll kind of know the questions. So when you come on, you might be prepared for a Yeah. Who knows? We're talking to you, Jed. We're talking to you, Jed. Yeah. All right.
0: OK, you want to start? I start. You're going to start. OK. Do you want to take a sip first? I oh, felt my like gosh. You were getting ready. I was. I think I, I needed. I'm nervous. Yeah, you got to you got to make sure you're not parched. Mm. So the questions are of varying depth. That's an important thing to note. All right.
1: Well, I think we'll just figure it out. once we...
0: Question number one. Would you rather be the DJ or make the
1: drinks? Definitely be the DJ. I love DJing and I hate making the drinks. Also, I think that my taste in music is fabulous and better than most people. So I do, I like to control the music. I always have, I mean, you know, like parties, like back in the day when I used to get like a little too drunk, I'd just be over there like DJ. Uh (laughs)
0: Uh-huh.
1: Well, now I just set up the playlist on Spotify. I see. Or we mix it up, but DJ for sure. Good question. Mm -hmm. All right, my first question, um, what what, what, what is one of the favorite places you visited and why? I think it's Tokyo. Mm.
0: I, and I just been on my mind. Konnichiwa bitches. <laughs> Konnichiwa bitch. Uh, it's been on my mind a little bit because Queer Eye is now in Japan. Mm. We only watched like 10 minutes of the first episode, but um, just seeing seeing Tokyo again, It just it's such a magical place. And I just had such an incredible time there. It was beautiful. It felt like another world completely. The people were so lovely. Um, and so excited that I was with Steven, that we took this journey to see them and we ate delicious food and saw beautiful things. It was a
1: life-changing trip. My brother has a very similar experience and you know my brother is a complete Japanophile and he was just there for three weeks last year and he just planned another like three yeah. week trip to go back. It's like, a place you want to return to. Yeah, he loves sure. it. Our friends, Sam and Glenn were just there. Yeah, I Again, saw you saw them yeah. posting. They've been a bunch of times. Yeah. Fantastic. Your turn.
0: My turn. Oh God, hold on. Okay, here we go.
1: Like a prayer array ray of light. Like a prayer all the way for me. It really is. That when that song came out, it kind of changed everything for me. And like, I had this sort of idea of Madonna and then that song came out and she had the dark hair and the black Jesus and the Pepsi thing. And like, it was the moment for me when Madonna had her first real reinvention. Mm -hmm. Ray of light was like another one that came and also very important. But for me at my age and in my life, like a prayer, like it changed the game Mm -hmm. for sure. I think I'm ray of light on that one. All right. Interesting. You know, interesting. Um, what's the last text you sent? I want you to read. I have to look. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, it's, it's so boring. Make sure it's PG. It is. I mean, it's not so boring. Um, I
0: wrote to Scott because we're trying to find a time to, um, have a G chat tomorrow to talk about book two of the graphic novel series we're writing. And I wrote, um, so, (laughs) so boring. Sounds good. I have Soul Cycle and will be home and ready to chat at eight. And thanks. Quite a day today! Exclamation point. And then I sent two caterpillars. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. Or, or Soul Cycle. You know what? I'm proudly going to Soul Cycle. Oh, I don't feel bad. Okay. I, I don't post about but it anymore. For a while. I don't want for a
1: while, we were just saying spin. spin. We're going to spin. Well, you asked. I told you my honest answer. No, and I, I'm so glad you did. And the caterpillars are for Eric Carl. Yes. Well, let's clean. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. Um, oh, I right. that's my turn.: Yeah, now it's your turn. What's
0: the one word you hate the most?:
1: Wow. You really stumped me with that one. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I struggle with this. I just need an answer. Just give me a second. I have to talk it out for a minute because I, I struggle when I have to choose like one thing. You know, there's a lot of words that like people don't like because they sound gross or this or that. Like panty. Or moist. Moist. But like those words don't bother me. Um, I know this is going to sound so stupid and I don't need to get into it right now. One of the words that I hate the most is forever. Oh. I do. We us talk to Judy Bloom about that. I know. I mean, I need to talk to a therapist about that too. True. But, um, yeah, I just, that word just seems like a little much. I think it's just, it's, it's a word that should be used a little like less often for me. It's just a word I don't love. Mm. Okay. Thanks. Oh, wow. I, I actually, I'm going to think about that and I, in our next podcast, I might have another answer. I don't know. Forever is pretty deep. Oh, well, okay. I might have a lighter answer. My next question for you. What's the name of the kid who bullied you most? John Key Oh, didn't even take a millisecond. Nope.
0: And his fucking brother, fuck Kevin. Fuck you, Key John and Kevin Keysweater. They can both Keys fuck wetter. themselves. They
1: can totally both fuck yeah. themselves. So I don't can, care if, I hope they hear this. Me too. So can John Reardon, Johnny Reardon. That was mine. He can go fuck himself. But you know what? My sister beat up
0: Kevin Keysweater on the bus for me which is pretty amazing. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Me. What's your favorite curse word?
1: I mean, it seems so cliche, but I just love the word fuck. Mm, I just nice. do. Fuck's my favorite curse word. You can use it in a lot of ways. You can use it in a lot of ways. And like when you say it with, with conviction, it feels good. It feels like you're saying something like, fuck this. Like I can get a lot out when I use that word. I have this thing that because I work around children so often, I'm so conscious of swearing. Yeah, of course. And then when I'm not with kids, I swear like a truck driver. Mm -hmm. And when I'm interviewing people for jobs with shine or even in the office, I mean, I have to put it out there right away. Like I curse a lot, but it's because I spend so much of my life, like not cursing.
0: I mean, I think it's the way that you say it, I mean, I think other people could disagree with this, but I think it's the way that you say it. You know, in my in my parents' house, it was sort of like, you can curse, but you got to curse good. Yeah. <laughs> so and I, I also and grew up, up in a house that. where
1: curses were words, and it was yeah. like, a word well, is a exactly word, right. and it means something, and sometimes like... Fuck! When like you drop and break a glass, and what's funny to me Mm -hmm. working with kids is over the years there's always a moment where a kid does something and they're like, "God damn it!" They're like, (laughs) "Fuck!" and they're like four, and you're like, they're totally just repeating their parents' language (laughs) when they're frustrated. (laughs) But that's all that kid had to say in that moment, and it means so much. Like, "God damn it!" When you like drop something, like, "Oh yeah," that it means it's a word. I'm not a big fan of a novelty
0: T-shirt or mug. But I do always get a giggle out of "fuck you, you fucking fuck."
1: I like that. That's one. a big New York I'm not going to wear that. that one. That one's been like on, on St. Mark since the 70s. oh yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like it. It just gives me a little happy giggle inside.
0: Okay.
1: Um, I know, I know that you struggle with the last two words of this question, mm. just because I know you. But and we could certainly come up with different words. But Please, uh, what is one of your Guilty pleasures. Oh yeah, guilty pleasures. It's, I mean, like I'm supposed to say like, a Dove bar no, at midnight. N- oh God, no, you're not. I mean, you could say a lot of things <laughs> that I might midnight. not want to say right now. But like, and I don't mean like a guilty pleasure. It could be like a vice, just something that like you really love and you don't give a shit what anyone else thinks. You love it. It could literally be like shitty, cheap peanut butter. Yeah, yeah, you know, like that kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah. thing. Like fuck natural chunky. I like my fucking skippy like a guilty pleasure where mm-hmm. there's no apologies. Mm-hmm. God, this is a hard one. Is it? Cause it, well, cause, kind you of, need... cause I
0: don't feel that guilty about stuff. I mean, I live in guilt, but you know on, what I mean? Um,
1: like is the real housewives is a guilty pleasure I know, but know, or a pleasure
0: defines three quarters of my soul. Sometimes. Your guilt <laughs> and your
1: pleasure. <laughs> um, you know
0: what? I'm going to say, and I don't feel guilty about it, but it's a funny little thing. I, um, yeah, I'm going to lean into this. I record Ellen every day mm-hmm. and I make time to watch her. And, you know, I, this is not for now because we're moving a little quickly through these, but I'll tell you, I had a revelation about her. Um, I watched a couple. This I week. feel, though, that after spending... Like kind of two years with her, almost on a daily basis. Oh, wow, that she's just Truth really a charming. Out. She's a charming bully.
1: Oh, she is a charming yeah. bully,
0: and that is sort of her stick. And I appreciate it. But there are times where I'm like, I think you're just fucking mean a little bit. But she's really bullying Jennifer Aniston. That's the one that made oh, me. Oh, I saw that.
1: it. Totally. Oh my god.
0: Also, Jennifer Aniston, stop it with the fillers for two seconds, darling. It's a lot. It is. But but anyway, I, but I do. But here's the thing that I that I do love, and the reason why I do feel maybe it's a little bit of a guilty pleasure mm-hmm. is, um, she brings joy to people's lives though, and that is really important to me for many reasons, and she changes lives with. One segment, and I just think that's such a beautiful thing. And it's guilty because it makes me feel a little sort of like old-fashioned and sort of schmaltzy, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. But I really, I do really appreciate it. And listen, and I know you agree with this too. I
1: love, love, love me so much. I don't even want to hear about it because I was obsessed with that guy when he was on Sweden. You can dance. He is so Fantastic podcast. He is if America, if you're listening, Twitch is the kind of man I want to marry. He he can move, he can groove, he smiles, mm. he laughs, he likes he's, he's funny. her guest host sometimes. Yeah, he, he does it all really. He's a good guy. Good boy. And he's married to one of my favorite dancers ever. Yes, and they Allison. just had a, another baby. Yep. Yeah. I mean I'm obsessed with them as a couple. So is Mike Rub. Mike Rub loves Allison. That's right. Um, okay. I actually texted Mike Rupp the other day and I was like <laughs> It's like,
0: look at the, find the Oprah episode of, of Ellen and watch Twitch's dance. It's really good on that mm, episode. I'm sure he was really turning it out for opes. Exactly. Okay. Ready? Listen, while
1: I'm answering your question, you might have to top me off with some of the, that Eric well, can Carl I ask bubbles. It? Yeah.
0: Okay. So, um, what would your death row meal be?
1: Mm. You know, I wish that you could change the language of that and just make it, like, my last meal. All of a sudden, I'm on death row. You are. So, I mean... I mean, you'll probably be there, babe, so let's just be honest. I mean, you know, I'm hoping that my last meal is not going to be as dramatic as death row. But, you know, I think we all think... But at least you know. You know, I'd rather not have it not be, like, that shitty sushi roll I just ate and then I croak. Right. Like, if you know you're going to have one last meal. Yeah. You know, I go back and forth with this. I think that my go-to... Is like an amazing, amazing steak. Like just cooked to the way I like it, which is like medium rare to rare, like a great steak, maybe with a potato, like a steak, whatever kind of side. I love a steak. Also, if I was on death row, I may not have had a couple of the things that I love so much. So some of my like second tier things would be like an amazing pizza, a bagel with cream cheese, locks, like, you know, that kind of like thing, a, an amazing sushi meal. Like, yeah, that's fun. I yeah. Like that. But for me, like a perfect steak and a martini, mm, that's like, nice. you know, yeah. that would make me feel like I'm, I'm, I'm dying right. Yeah. Thanks. Now I'm hungry. Um, you kind of already did this quickly before, um, but you can do it again and try to keep it brief. But tell me a story about your sister. <laughs> Other than the fact that she beat up. Oh, I did. I the did, the, the, I, I didn't the even sibling, your wow. bully.
0: Um, a story about my sister. Um, every Christmas, we, over the past, I don't know, maybe four or five years now or so, um, I go to New Jersey about two weeks before Christmas and we take the day off together and we go shopping at the short Hills mall, um, or the Rockaway mall where we spend a lot of our childhood to get sort of the gifts that we need for people at work or, you know, our loved ones, our family, whatever. But last year we changed it up and we met in Morristown where we sort of grew up and now where she lives. And we had brunch. which was like a couple Bloody Marys. Mm-hmm. Couple. And then we walked around the Morristown green, which is what we used to do quite a lot. And we actually took a picture with Santa Claus in Santa's Village in the middle of Marstown Green, which we used to do when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And that was really fun. Where is that picture? Have I seen it? I posted it last year okay. for sure. It's it's Wait. funny because it's like, first of all, Santa was like either drunk or I'm had just woken sure. up from a nap uh, or something. All of it. And it's like a dark Polaroid, but so it's not a great picture in a way. But it was fun.
1: You should like scan and try to clean it up. Yeah, I guess I color. Well, I think
0: we'll be doing that again. So maybe I'll get a better one this year. Good.
1: We should do that too as like friends. That would be really fun for us to do for Queens of the Roundtable. Perhaps to go to like Macy's and have our picture taken at (laughs) Santa's Village. I'm not waiting that line. No. Well, you sign up now. Yeah, I'm not doing any of that. Okay, here's mine. So it's
0: just you and a famous person of your choice. Okay. And you go on a leaf peeping cruise. <laughs> Who is that person? So we're talking oh, what 3 to 5 days. Jesus. On like Christ. some kind of
1: small mm. cruise ship. You know, I struggle with these questions because there's always like the famous person that I just want to go to. But then I think about, Oh, I'm stuck with someone for three or four days. Like who would I have fun with? It's important. So my first answer is always Madonna. Mm. Like, yes, but she would be so terrible on this cruise. cruise. So who I think about, and this is so weird because this just came into my mind, but like someone that would just be shits and giggles. So like Emma Stone, you know, <laughs> <good> like <laughs> hanging out with Emma Stone, like getting stoned and drunk and like watching leaves in Canada from the boat. Like she'd probably be fun mm. or like her crew, maybe ScarJo, maybe Jennifer Aniston, like just kind of like a fun girl who just wants to like kick back, drink and like make some jokes. Right. Because anybody too big for their britches right. would just be a downer. We're like a cute, like suede ankle booty and like a totally. pair of black I jeans. Think, I think my answer is Emma Stone. I think i really, cause I've always kind of had a crush on her. Right. I think she'd be really fun. I like her attitude. It used to be like Jennifer Lawrence was also in that. She just seemed fun, but all these years later, I'm going with Emma. She jumped the shark, I think. Mm, let's not go there right now, because that thing is to say, I like that girl, too. Emma Stone, you and me, girl, we're going on a leaf peeping cruise. Your eyeliner
0: game would be on point if you came back from a trip with Emma Stone. I and know. She knows how to wear some eyeliner. Because
1: okay, she does the real nice she inside does, that yeah. your sister in the, did, the, 80s. In the mm-hmm. 80s. She's
0: getting trouble for it.
1: All right. Um, my next question. Here's a first class ticket, Queen. You're leaving in an hour. Mm. Where are you going? Alone? Who's yes. Yes. I'm giving you Alone. one first class ticket. You're out of here. Mm. Like we finished recording, there's an Uber waiting. Babubs. Mm-hmm. I think I would take myself on a first class
0: ticket by myself. Mm-hmm. We're waiting. To Paris. Ooh. I just feel like it's a good city to romance yourself. Right. You you know, I've been so, right, and you've so you see the things, you've seen the things. So I don't feel like I'd have to do that, but you there are just, things I'd want to do probably again. Just hang out in your neighborhood. Kind and of and like eat, and, eat and, and, and like drink things wine. and sort of discover myself. Read a book. Read a Write book. Write a book. Yeah. Make love with a stranger. Make love with myself. Mm. Flirt with myself. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like that's a fun, like, you know. Sorry, you can't make love with a stranger. I I take that back. Twirl around in a long scarf and a beret. Oh,
1: Let's, let's come up with a different look, but, yeah. but you know what I mean. I, I think do. I think
0: right now tonight, I if I right had to now, go somewhere, Paris. Yeah, would be there by morning. Like a misty morning arrival.
1: Mm, a St- misty November in Paris. Paris. De la Torre, five though. five years ago, next week I went to Paris actually for the first time for my fortieth birthday, mm. and it was kind of misty and yeah, it has phenomenal. to be misty. It was amazing. Um. All right. Good one.
0: Um. Okay. This is my number seven for you. Would you rather? plan the date or be a guest on the date?
1: No, oh, God, definitely be a guest on the date. Oh. As, as much of a control freak as everybody thinks that I am, I yes. love when someone else is just like, this is the plan. I've, I've come up with it. Be here for dinner. Be here for this, whatever we're doing. <laughs> I mean, in my ideal world, your first date is kind of like, it's an adventure date. You're doing something. You're meeting at a museum. You're doing like a pumpkin carving contest. Like there's something happening. So I would love it if someone was like pumpkin carving
0: contest after, especially after last week, that is not a first date.
1: Whatever. I just, I want someone to plan something fun. I want, I don't want to worry about it. I, cause I'm going to be worried enough about what I'm wearing and what my hair is like. Like I just want to show up and
0: be fun. I am. I have a friend who was, um, single at a few years ago and she wanted to go on the on the you know the dating sites and she asked me for help with her um with her profile and I call her pumpkin sometimes and so i wanted her profile to be pumpkin needs carving <laughs> it's terrible
1: that is it's pretty funny it's funny but it's you know it's got a lot of layers oh she liked it though you know my pumpkin needs carving i know everyone knows all right let's go um my number 7 Oh, this is racy. Are you ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Who is a crush you never told anyone about until right this second? Here, live-ish on Queens of the Roundtable. Oh. And it can't be a celebrity crush.
0: Oh, don't hold back, girl. I'm just, I mean, I just talk so much, so I don't feel like I hold a whole lot back.
1: So who is <laughs> a crush that you were just always like a little like, I can't tell anyone, or I'm embarrassed by it, mm-hmm.
0: or he's a friend? Sure, sure, sure. You know what? Yes. um, My friend, Jerry Jabour. Oh. We went to high school together. Oh, I know Jerry. And you know, it's funny because- this sort of is cheating your question, but I hadn't told anyone, including him, until last Thanksgiving. Oh, thanks. He's moved back to Marstown, New Jersey, and I spent the night before um, Thanksgiving with him and my sister and um, her boyfriend, Ryan, her fiance, Ryan, sorry. Yes. And right. Jerry and I got real tipsy. He we went back to his apartment. He, like, made me meatballs and, like, poured wine. he did. And I was like, you know, I just want to tell you that in high school, I, like, totally had a thing for you and I had a crush on you. And he was like, of course you did, and sort of left it at that. But yeah, it was. It actually wasn't in high school. It was um, the first summer Last after. <laughs> it was the first summer after uh, college and um, the, the first year of college. We, I was the assistant director of Bye Bye Birdie mm-hmm. at the local playhouse. I think, we may, I think playhouse. we may have spoken about and that. Jerry and Jerry was Birdie. And we spent a lot of time together that summer. He would pick me up for well, practice.
1: Well, of course you fell for him. Everybody and, falls for the birdie. But there was, I was a, a
0: camp counselor at a country mm. club and there mm. were a lot of times sitting by the pool when I was to those like kids, watching the kids. And uh-huh. I was sort of just like watching Jerry. <laughs> Great. Meanwhile, four kids drowned that summer. And then also questioning who am I? What oh, am I? Yeah. Why am I okay. so gay? Let's, I wasn't out yet. Well, no kidding. All right. Okay, here's my number eight. Eight, The last
1: two questions. This is
0: a do's. Do you have sex on the first date?
1: Oh, God. (laughs) Mom, you know,
0: I I just would like a yes or no to start this. Okay, so
1: the answer is maybe like it's not mm. no and it's not yes i think that in in my more recent years of really trying to date after all of the years of just kind of slutting around like i do enjoy the idea of like a fun first date where we're having an adventure and then like we're on the street and there's a romantic kiss and then i go upstairs and i'm like oh my goodness i think about him. And like, I'm sending him a text and like, and apparently you're in a negligee from how you just oh, motioned I'm, and danced I'm around. Definitely in a negligee. <laughs> Cause okay. when you come home from a date, you just put on a sexy negligee That's and pour yourself a drink. You take and... out like an old box of pictures oh. and just look through them. But listen, will I? Sure. Do I believe that the act of having sex tells you something about a potential relationship? Absolutely. In my more advanced years mm. i have grown to believe that not doing it on the first date mm-hmm. can actually tell you if you really want to have a second date right or not and so so i definitely go into my first dates that are legitimate first dates thinking i'm not going to have sex on that first date. right and sometimes i don't and sometimes i do right um but it's definitely changed. It's shifted for me. But I don't have a rule about that. Right, I think right. It, You're not
0: I, like walking out to the date being like, oh, I'm getting late tonight. No.
1: And I'm not like, and I'm not mad if a date ends and that doesn't happen, especially if it's a great date. It's right. kind of like the anticipation for the next date is exciting.
0: You know, I I published, I republished a, cl- a classic book, kind of classic. <laughs> that's that's being kind. The very um, hungry caterpillar? The Bingety Mangety School Bus. And I just wonder. You know, so you know, do you want to ride the bingety bangety School bus on your way home from the date? um yeah, no i I'll answer that just briefly i I agree, however, my two my long term uh first relationship and and my husband there were there were
1: sexual moments on our first encounters. um, I know exactly what happened on both <laughs> their first encounters, and I would say, yeah, there were sexual moments, <laughs> like sex no, 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 <laughs> no. Not, not, okay. No penetration. Very intimate things happened (laughs) with these gentlemen (laughs) on your first date, And I think that once you cross a certain line, whether it's penetration of one hole or another, it's sort of like, then, then you are going to a sexual place on that first date. And I'm not, I'm not saying there's a difference.
0: But you know, I don't have a ton of experience in that. Right. So, so really, I mean, my, that's kind of my answer, which is, I don't think it's, Very telling because I don't have a ton of experience of it. But um yeah, I applaud it both sides. Cause I also get the thing of just like, ooh, the negligee and just like the 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 gentle text. The
1: anticipation. Mm. It's just it's exciting. Anyway, I think that that last couple of questions sort of will guide us into what we wanted to talk about. You have another question. You have number eight. Oh my gosh, I do this is definitely going to be the one that's going to guide us into our oh, conversation. Okay, let's do it. This one is, it like, could be deep. Try not to go too deep. Mm. It's going to be hard. Okay. Um, what is the thing you like most and least about being gay? Oof.
0: I know that's not easy. I know it's not, but I'm going to go super top, top line, <laughs> super top. That'll be the first time. Okay. Um, I think the thing that's least is obviously not even just for me, but for the friends, the people in my life of the sort of pain that happened around just figuring it out and and allowing myself to, to say it. And then also the pain that happened around not saying it, you know, and wait, and, and the sort of anticipation of saying it, all those things that, you know, we've talked about and we'll continue to talk about thing about that. I like about the most, I mean, you know, I don't know. I, it's sort of I'm not diminishing the question, but it's sort of like, what do you, what do you like about being a person the most? Right. Cause I don't, wow. you know, I don't really, I don't sort of walk around going like I'm a gay dude and I like flowers, you know, like, or I don't know, whatever. Right. You know, I just think, I think the thing that makes me happiest about it is that I it, there are times when I feel like someone who, you know, who might be coming out of the closet is, is a way of really finding self-acceptance. And when there's not closets to come out of and you aren't necessarily forced to do it, maybe you won't do it in your life or, or maybe, maybe it you will much a later time or whatever, or another right. time. And there are many closets to come out of in this world and in this life. So I, I like the fact that I, at a young age, went through something that I think informed how I think about stressful and emotional circumstances uh, in my own life.
1: Wow. Look at that. Man, look at that. Mm. You know, for me, I think... Yes, I agree. Being gay has been who I have been my whole life. So it's like right. I can definitely come up with things that I don't like about it because of the struggles that I've that I've faced, you know. But I think for me, what I like most about it is, from a very early age, I was provided a very different perspective of the world. Yes, of of myself. I I wasn't sort of forced into, you know. S- a traditional way of thinking. And mm-hmm. I think that it allowed me the ability to, and I hate this term, but like think outside the box to, to approach my life. I hate that term too, but it, but it's the but, right term right. sometimes. And, and to sort of approach my life with a certain understanding Right, um, And for that, I'm pretty happy. And so this does bring us into the topic that we wanted to talk about. And to be honest with you, I feel like this topic could definitely bleed over into a, another podcast yeah, because there's so much right now, but something that we wanted to talk about is what it means to be gay at 45. Yeah. Like now in now, New York yeah. city, especially now and where we live and and what does that mean? Because when we were 25, We had no idea what things were going to be like. We had no idea that gay marriage was going to be legal. We had no idea that kids were going to be coming out, you know, at 10, 11, 12. We had no idea that there was going to be a movement happening that was going to bring, again, I, I don't want to use the word acceptance. I don't want to say it's easier for kids that are coming no, out at all. Cause it's not, but there is something that's happened for people that are younger for, for millennials, for kids that are just coming into puberty. That is so different. Yeah. I mean, I think but what the, but the we're story not, is changing. It is, but we're not really talking about what our experience was and what we we're talking about we, it. What like what it, it is, is for us right now. Yeah. You because know, I, I got to tell you, other than my attraction to men, there is not so much in my life that sort of identifies right. gay the way that it did 15 years ago when we would go out three nights a week to gay bars or 25 oh years God, ago yeah. when we would go to gay dance clubs. And like, we don't do that anymore, right? right? I mean- no.
0: I mean, no. You know, I, I said this um, about the East Village when we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but one thing that just comes to my mind right away is, um to your point i don't walk around thinking about it so much when we were in the east village um stephen and Marie and i and we were at the karaoke place um i did have a moment of feeling very uncomfortable because a bouncer walking into the karaoke place addressed me and spoke to me in a way that made me very uncomfortable and it brought up a lot of things that i don't carry with me anymore he definitely was addressing the fact that i was gay in a weird way in the tone of his voice and the way that he that, looked at me. That happened to me with a cop that pulled me and over. It really, last it rattled me so much because A, I was a little embarrassed. And B, I felt that we still carry all of that? Even at 45? I mean Yeah, no, I was embarrassed of the outward expression of it. I mean, I know what I carry, and that's fine. That's my responsibility, you know? But I felt um I mean I'm knocking on what I felt threatened and I don't feel threatened. And I and I would say when we were 20 whatever I think we felt threatened a lot. Yeah. Much more often in the real world and on the street than we do now. And I think that's has a lot to do with us and has a lot to do with what's
1: happening in the world and certainly in New York City. Listen, for sure. I, I shared with you a story a few weeks ago and I won't get into it now, but about how I was sort of harassed in Sag Harbor by yes. somebody who 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 chose to call me slurs and and terrible it's, names. I mean- I mean, I don't want to get into the whole story now because I want to talk more about being gay yeah. 45. But for, for all of the times where we don't think that stuff is there, it's still there. And I, I would argue that we still live in a country that is homophobic, oh, of that is transphobic, oh, of that course. is all of these things. Are there more opportunities for all of us to be self-expressive, to kind of claim our own space? Absolutely. Definitely more than there, there was when I was... 12, 13, 14, but because of this very thing that still happens at 45, when someone will for no reason in an argument that's happening about cutting someone off on the road, resort to like calling me a faggot. Yeah, exactly. It's like when that stuff happens, I don't feel any different now at 45 than I did at 15, except that I do feel more empowered to, to sort of fight back. And I don't know if that's always good. No, but it's, like,
0: I mean, it's not. Certainly, it's not always good. I mean, it is good sometimes. But, you know, after you told me that story, not to harp on this, but after you told me that story, I, I thought about it a lot. Because calling, being called that word, I mean, we own that word. We can say it. being called faggot is is an intense word. And especially um, when you asked about the bully, um, we're talking like third grade. He used to call me faggot on the school bus right, in well, third grade. Right, well,
1: we spoke about that. And
0: no, sorry, let me just finish oh, this one point now, just cause I just want to make a connection to, to what you were saying, but that word holds so much power. And I think that as gay people, you know, we have taken that power back and I, and I admire that and I'm so appreciative of that. Um, but at the same time, I wondered if that guy who pulling, you know, yelling at you on the side of the road for a weird traffic thing, Would he have used that word no matter who was in that car that he was arguing with? I'm
1: not, I'm not hardly defending him. And I say, I
0: I, I say, you say no, I say no. Yeah,
1: He he did it because it was me.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Listen, And really, Aaron, I'm not. And and that was very
1: clear to me in the moment. And, you know, I, I get very combative Yeah. and I get like, I'm like, you don't do that. Like I have chased people down, you know, I'm a bike rider in New York and things have happened to me on the street where someone has yelled faggot at me while I've been on my bike and I have chase people down on my bike and yelled at them. It's a
0: fucking terrible. I will work.
1: I will bike up to somebody in their face and be like, "What did you call me? Say it again." And I know that that puts me in positions where I could get hurt, but yeah. like I of don't it does. I do not just let people throw words like that around without really taking ownership of what they're saying and why and make them aware of what they're resorting to when they're fighting. Because if you want to fight me about something, we can argue. Mm-hmm. It's totally fine. But we don't need to break it down to no, that kind don't. of stuff. I agree. On a lighter note, yeah. though, we but we are talking about being gay at forty five, and and you mentioned being in the East Village and going. I mean, going to bars and clubs, and it's something that we don't do anymore. No, not we really. We really don't now. You know, your cousin Stephen loves to go to a gay bar once in a while, he'll try to pull us to one. And I'm happy to go to them when we go. But even he isn't going pushing so to do that. Like yeah. we'll go sit at a restaurant bar and have drinks. We're not going to gay bars. We're not going to gay clubs. Why do you think? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, you're married. I get it. No, I'm, I'm single. And I'm cute. married. Like, why I, aren't I going to gay bars? I'm married, but
0: I go out a lot. You know, I'm out with you I guys know. a lot, but I think, Look, I think that, you know, it happens because it's it's more of a gener- generational thing than anything else. I think it happens because interests change and also we not that we, especially you and me, but any of the friends that I can think of that we go out with on a normal basis, we like to sit and talk. And I think as you get older, you want to be able to hear each other. Oh my gosh. And you don't want to scream over the whatever, the sound, uh, uh, the music or the sound of the bar. However, there are nights where that's been really fun, even in recent history, but it's not, it can't be the every time because also our lives are fuller. There's a lot more to talk about. There are a lot more things that we want to express and share with one another.
1: For me, I, and you know this, I always really struggled with going out to gay bars and I have... I suffer from a lot of sort of social anxiety. I mean, I know a lot of people do, but I have a lot of gay anxiety. I, mm-hmm. when I'm in these environments that are just full of of attractive men, it it it, <laughs> yeah. it it plays in my head in a way that I don't like. And so, all of the years that we were we were going to a lot of bars and clubs, I always did it a little begrudgingly. I liked it, and also during those years, I was a little sluttier. So, I mean, I usually end up like going home with someone. Mm-hmm. That does that won't happen anymore, really, at this point in my life. That's not what i i mean you were never a full-on slut let's just be no but i mean there were years where i would pick oh yeah there are looser years bars you know that's not really how i want to pick up anymore right but but the flip side of that then is being gay at 45 and being single and gay at 45 is how do i meet people yeah so you know there's the in app. the aids that we're well, in. There's right. these apps now. And that is really the only way if you don't want to go to a gay bar, the only way you're going to meet a gay person is on some sort of app, whether it's dating slash sex, sex, dating, just sex, just dating. Yeah. Like you have to be in that world. And you know, that's, what's happening nowadays. Yeah. Like people don't even go out. You can just list right on an app, what you want, exactly what your fetishes are. And you're going to find the right person to right. show up at your place to spend 45 minutes giving you what you want. And then that's it. Right. I, there was something for me a little bit more exciting about having to like seek it out yeah. at the bar and <laughs> yeah. you know, now there's no mystery. The problem with that is then you'd end up going home with someone and you'd She's so not into it. And sure that can right. still happen on the apps, but at least now you can like check off a lot of things. Yeah. But for me, that's not fun. I don't like to buy clothes online. I don't I'm I'm very tactile <sighs> in what you I don't do. Buy your men online. I don't want to like shop for guys on an app, but yeah. like that's what's happening.
0: You know, this weekend in and the I'm Times- trying to be open to it. Uh, in the times in the you know, in the wedding announcement section, there you know, when they do the profiles. Yeah. there was a profile of two um, gay men who got married in Boston. and you know the one of the first you know, one of the openings is um uh, you know, they met on the quote, dating site scruff oh. and like, let's just be honest here. and there's zero judgment, but like dating site fine scruff. I don't know. It's like just say you met at Starbucks, I sure. think for the Times he's. I don't know. I just felt a little like,
1: you know what? They're owning it. I, know I mean, that they're owning it. Because also, Scruff, I, I met someone who I dated on Scruff, we no didn't we didn't meet for sex. Scruff, like we didn't but but meet like, for sex. Wedding article,
0: not right. even an announcement. Right. That just seemed a little extreme. Of like, it's like you know a hairy cock shot next to like you know what? So is that the first time we said cock or Maybe. cock shot? Um, there's a second and third time. Um, but you know, next to like what, like a, a furry bear who just wants to meet for a glass of red wine. I don't buy it, but, and that's all fine. Again, but there but is. it was a little there. shocking,
1: you know, You know, for the times. I what's happening for me and listen, I don't, I don't really use the apps. I, I, they don't work for me. So it's fine. There's really no judgment. Believe me, I've tried. And I definitely use some of the dating ones, but something that I notice a lot now too, which sort of plugs into this like gay at 45 is that everybody, every gay man under the age of like 35 is on prep. Like that is just right. what's happening right. now. Yeah. And again, there's no judgment. I know no, a little bit about thank it. God for it. We, we will talk about it for a minute. Cause I know that you're, you're connected to it in, in a way that's really important. But you know, I, I came of age in the eighties and I grew up in, in the era of AIDS of and, course. And you know, it's really hard for me to wrap my head around like just gay men going out and having unprotected sex because they're on prep. But there's this new thing now, which you probably don't know because you're not on the apps, mm-hmm. but like if if you're not on prep and you don't have sex without condoms, like you are just excluded from yeah. responding to people. Right. Like it's a prerequisite now. And that's hard for me to wrap my head around. Yeah. It, not because one is better or not better. And I mean, you do what you do to keep safe and I, there's no judgment on that. And, you know, I've been struggling and thinking about possibly going on prep because is, is that what people are doing now when they're dating and, and dating multiple people and having sex? I think so, but that is something that's just changed and it's changed the sex game for us because What's happening now is people think that they can have unprotected sex just because they're on prep. And sure, maybe they can, but it, there's still a lot of other issues. I mean, there's a whole lot to talk about. But it it's that situation makes it at my age hard to totally relate to like a 24 year old who only knows right. unprotected sex right. and has always been on prep since he hit puberty. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I grew up literally like being terrified. Of, of course. AIDS. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in the eighties and so this new movement in the gay scene is, is sort of hard for me to wrap my head yeah. around and just embrace. Absolutely. I totally N- get it. I mean, I, I not I, for the world, but like for me, right. Right. Like I'm happy that prep is out there and that young people can start on it early and hopefully eradicate this disease. But for me, it's hard to sort of stop right, 30 to ret- years your brain around of, yeah. of sort of sex fear,
0: you know? Yeah.
1: Because we yeah. grew up with sex fear.
0: We did. And it's so deeply, you know, it's so deeply, oh, I don't know. There's so many words that I could use here, but it's so deeply sort of sad that being gay and um, sex fear are so connected to people yeah, of our generation. Of course. Yeah. It's, and, it's and a listen, terrible thing.
1: It's it's affected me my whole life because I I haven't been in long-term committed relationships. And I I, I have felt always like my 80s gay sex fear has been a little bit of an obstacle for me and has mm-hmm. not allowed me to have my true sexual awakening and yeah. and I listen every fans my, I've had wonderful sexual awakenings in my life and no. I hope to have more No and I but, no, I
0: appreciate that but, that clarification but, but I hear but, what you're saying but what
1: I'm saying is that like the, the the idea of just sort of like letting go and really like having this sexual awakening has always been very hard as a gay man who grew up and who came Mm -hmm. out when I did, because sex has always been something that my mother has been petrified of for me. Yeah. You know, and when when you're, when you're married, when you're with somebody for 14 years, things change a little bit and, and for better or for worse in your sex lives. But for me, it's been that has been a huge thing. And aging as a gay man sort of negotiating that sex fear, letting it go. But then also trying to relate to all of the people that are younger than me and some who are older who are now sort of. But do you feel I, I have a question, though, because I, I I don't know this because you're right. I
0: You know, I'm just I'm not on apps and stuff. But do you feel that. The men on these apps or, you know, wherever, on on Scruff or on Grindr or wherever, you know, you're talking about, do you feel that the men of your age, a similar age, share your thoughts and what you're thinking? Or do you think that there's you're seeing more that they're on PrEP and sort of adopting this new way of thinking that you
1: are struggling with hesitant
0: to do whatever those words are. Yeah.
1: I do because I'm also, and I mean, this, this is intimate, but I'm, I'm hesitant to just go have sex with a stranger just because they say they're on prep. There's 16 other things I could catch, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And also you could say you're on it, but I don't know. know, I'm not doing my due diligence. I'm not asking to see. Can I see your prescription? Yeah. yeah, I mean, and I don't want to do that for, for casual sex. Right. Um, you know, also, something that I, I notice when I flip through these apps or when I when I go out or I, I meet younger gays is, and I think we had talked about that uh, Modern Family episode. Oh my god! Where you know they go that to a pool so party great. and everybody's like young and buff and like all the older, middle-aged, softer right. men are like hiding out in a room and then they finally just decide to own it and they do like the slow mo gang walk yeah. of like you know all their shove. And it's
0: I mean, and it's all because Cameron Mitchell are, are telling their daughter because she thinks they're going to be teenagers there it's okay just wear your bathing suit right. who cares and then she gets there. it's all gay guys and she's, and she's like, like this uh, is the best yeah. party ever she's not worried at all and she's then they're worried. so worried yeah
1: and so there's this thing that also happens when you're when you're gay at 45 where it's like do i become a total like gym rat do i just stop eating and try to like be like you know right Rob Lowe at 50 or do I just sort of like give in to like my dad bod, my 45 year old sex appeal, whatever that is to whoever is, you know, attracted to that. And I think that is a struggle that, that I go through. Like, do I care if I'm super fit at 45 I mean, kind of. I don't know. I don't know. But there's that thing. Like, I don't know if I'm still looking for a daddy or if I am a daddy. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have that answer. But well, I'm that. a because I am a daddy because yeah. I'm old. Well, yeah. I mean, unless you want someone to, so someone a seventy-five-year-old like like fine. fine. Hey, don't age discriminate. I'm not, but
0: I'm just saying. As long as he's
1: got a big inheritance for me, oh, I'm, like the big Anna, inheritance. I'm like the Anna Nicole Smith of the gays. The gays. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah. No, I know. No, but it's sort of like when when I really started realizing I was getting older because I've always been attracted to guys my own age or like a little older. Like I'm not youth is not attractive to me. I'm not going out and like pining over 22 year olds. Like that's not really my jam. I can find anyone attractive, but um, it's like I remember the first time that I started recognizing that like there were younger guys who were attracted to me because I was like in my late thirties, yeah, early forties, somewhat successful. Like all right. the reasons I was attracted to some of my age when I was 27, like right. when I started realizing that sort of attention on me, like in the days when I we went to the townhouse. Oh my gosh. I was just there a few weeks ago. Let me tell you, I could find a daddy there. You could, there were people yeah, like you- over 90 there. <laughs> All right. I'm not I'm not too old at the townhouse. I feel like we should
0: gather up all the boys and go to the townhouse for the holidays. Oh,
1: Oh, that'd be fun for the holidays. Yeah. So, yeah, there's that. And then, you know, also, I think what's interesting about our our group of friends and gay friends is that we are all super successful and very fancy in our own ways. But what happens also at this point in our life, I think with like gay men, especially my gay friends, is there are like the super fancy gay 45 year olds that are like constantly doing like A-class travel, doing all of this, like everything is like so fancy And that is sort of what they've aged to. And that's what their next 40 years are going to be like. It's just sort of dripping with luxury. It's sort of like disposable income, no children, great jobs. And like, we're not those gays. Like we, we show off our fanciness in very specific ways, but you know, I kind of always get nervous when I hang out with like all of my like banker and wall street gay friends, you know, I just like, but I don't
0: think that that's even specific to gay. I think that's specific to our age. And to, I think and to that, job, life you know, and
1: lifestyle. you could ask
0: any one of our straight friends sort of a similar question about that. And I think because that's just what happens. And- but yeah. And it's just what happens. I mean, look, we could be creatives and, you know, be selling movies like crazy and be in that sort of tier that I think you're talking but about. But it's not even
1: that tier. It's more about like what you like. I don't think even if we had endless amounts of money that we would sort of be like the fanciest oh, gays.
0: <laughs> Oh, honey.
1: Oh, do you? Because I just, I think that I we think show. I, our, I like a little fancy, I so think we'll, I think I'd like a lot fancy. But I think we show our fancy, and I don't think we're afraid of fancy. Oh, I, I'm not. And I think that we represent all. fancy in more interesting ways. Sure. Uh, I mean, you're like, <laughs> sure. Right. I'm good with
0: my level of fancy. I think if there was more room for more fans, I would probably dive into that end of the pool.
1: You know, I'll just say this I am so happy to be alive. Right now, today in New York City and be a gay man, I never could have hoped or dreamed when I was like, you know, a closeted, freaking out, fat, greasy, nervous, 11 year old, what, what this life would show me and the opportunities that would be provided. The struggle is still real. Yes, you know, of course. It's it's never there's a struggle to to being gay that isn't gonna go away because I have self-love and because the world is slowly changing. There's a struggle that will always be there. But I I'm happy to be gay in 45. I've got the most amazing friends. We are about to celebrate my 45th birthday in the Hamptons with the people that I love the most. Mm-hmm. And I feel I feel blessed to be here right now and to be gay at 45.
0: Sing it, sister.
1: You know, I do. No, I, I hear that. I mean, I think
0: my sentiments exactly. I think, you know, growing up as a kid, I kind of thought I would never actually live a gay life. I thought that mm-hmm. I would. You're living the gayest uh, I thought sister. that I would sort of, I don't know, like marry some poor woman honestly really or like wow. become a priest at some point hopefully she wouldn't have been poor <laughs> you know if you're gonna marry um, a woman she but you have know trust fund but i agree i think it's definitely you know it's just it is 45 is an interesting time i, I had lunch with um someone who i work with who i really really adore and he's god 20 years younger mm. almost 20 years younger than i am and, you know, he was just sort of like, how's it getting, I mean, we know each other personally. And he was sort of like, how's it going and stuff. And I, I sort I started a sentence by saying, you know, I'm 45. Like I was talking about, I don't know, something about our apartment or something.
1: And I was like, and I'm 45. It's well, I'm
0: 45. I've been saying know?
1: that a lot lately. I don't know if I mentioned this in one of the last recordings, but I, I really feel that if you can make it to ninety healthfully, which is very attainable, right. We're that's, a, that's a great place. And forty-five feels like you're fifty. Feels like it might be over halfway, but forty-five. Yeah. Listen, I mean, feels halfway. Like, the sweats are off. We are on the court. We are
0: playing. We are. In this it. is
1: it. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. I can't wait for after the game when I can just relax, <laughs> and have a cocktail. <laughs> I'm ready for the game. Today. I'm ready for
0: you're ready for some locker room. Action. I'm ready
1: for some locker room
0: action. <laughs> Somebody dump some Gatorade over your head. Mm.
1: All right. Well, listen, <laughs> I think that this, this conversation could definitely be explored more. It'd be really interesting to have a couple of different guests, different ages on yes. um, and sort of talk about like gay life in New York, because it's really interesting. And maybe this, this season we should go explore it a little bit more. So we Oh god. So, so we have you know a point of reference. All right. All right, we'll see. We could like take notes along the way. Yeah. Holiday cocktails. Okay. All right. All right, everyone. We hope you enjoyed our Queen's queries. Yeah, and we're always open to new questions. New questions. Tweet us, text us, you name it. Yeah. You can find everything at qotrt.com. Yeah. And on that note, we will we'll see you at the next one. We'll see you at the next round table. Okay. Bye. Bye.